back double feature. Ah, six or two friends, two movies, and too much to drink. I'm Travis, and I'm Nathan. <laughs> hey, there you guys are. Do you guys know what carob is? Of course you don't. But that doesn't stop Nathan from trying to use it as an example. Also this week, the guys talk all things Lecter. It's Manhunter and Silence of the Lambs this week. Nathan, sweet trans. On Six Pack Double Feature. You can put six packs of soda in here. I swear, man. There's, there, uh, I could not find it. But I'm almost certain that I watched uh, a play on this with In Living Color. Yes, I remember that. It's there's a, a glazed donut in her face or something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, and you could get all kinds of shit on Fox back in the <laughs> 90s. <laughs> of course, at the time that I saw that, I did not know what that meant because I hadn't seen I, the movie. I didn't either, but it was after <laughs> I'd seen enough of this, and we'll get into it in a minute. But my mom, donut. my mom was like, oh, God. Damn it! Like I can't believe they did that. Now I gotta explain it. This little shit, what that means. And she was like, "I will tell you." Later. She likes donuts. <laughs> She's a cop. She likes donuts. There, there. Go play. Welcome into a gang. It's six pack double feature. I am Travis. I'm Nathan. I confused you. <laughs> Hello. And I'm Jerry. <laughs> Jerry <laughs> Bill. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, today we're doing a uh, Hannibal Lecter double feature. Doing, uh, we're going to start with Manhunter. Mm-hmm. Seems appropriate. Yeah, there's Which, a lot of people who are going to listen to this who probably have never watched Manhunter, and you know what? Stop it, the podcast right now, and try to go find it. I know you've seen, you've probably have seen instead Red Dragon. Yeah, Manhunter is Red Dragon, but better. Right. Nathan, play the trailer. Somewhere between dreams and reality lies the key to a killer's identity. You want to know how he's choosing them, don't you? Hunting in that dangerous place is FBI agent Will Graham. What is it you think you're becoming? The closer he gets to the killer, the more deadly the dreams become. Manhunter. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Check local listings. My wife would probably beg to differ on that in regards to that Manhunter is not better than Red Dragon. She's what? not a big fan of the movie. She doesn't like Manhunter? Not really. She likes Red Dragon better? Well, I think she she believes that it establishes Will Graham's character a little bit more. You don't really know who Will Graham is. And, and if you don't identify with, not him, but the mysteriousness that is Will Graham, that you don't know everything that's ticking up in his head, you know? There's definitely the movie Red Dragon in some ways sticks to the book. A lot yes. better than Manhunter, Correct. but in the overall tone, I think Manhunter sticks to the book a lot better. And I'm not gonna. I've I've read the three really good Hannibal Lecter books. I've read them all three or four times, and I'm not gonna try to. I'm gonna try to not. In the book is because it's. I fucking hate those people. <laughs> Nerd alert! Nerd! Nerd! <laughs> <laughs> No, shut up. Uh, <laughs> but it the the book Red Dragon is really fucking dark and it's really gritty. It's a good thriller, though, man. It's, I've read it at least once. I've read Silence once. I still have Hannibal sitting on my shelf, but I have. You not. should read that. It's a good book. It's a good read. Not the read movie, it. not so much. But the the book I've, is the book. I've seen is the good. movie. I was hmm, seduced did, by everybody, like everybody else, with getting on the bandwagon of. Cannibals, cool. And, Let's make another movie. And it's Ridley Scott. It's Ridley Scott. It's and be. like, eh, that's then they eat Ray Liotta's brain. It's Ridley Scott. <laughs> well, 
Should be noted, if you don't know, uh, Manhunter was directed by the one, the only, Michael Mann. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this our first Ma- Michael Mann picture that we're talking about? It might be, but it is not going to be our last. No. There's a few others. There's some duds in the mix that he's done as well, but there's several that that I enjoy rewatching. When did you first? When were you? When were you first aware of Manhunter? I was starting to really get into American directors that um, probably mid nineties. Yeah, I may have seen Heat and went. I what else has this guy done? What pocket. else has this guy done? And went back into uh, his catalog and. Discovered Which, Manhunter. Not a deep bench of movies. No, he doesn't have a deep bench. He's one of those, uh, ironically, uh, he's kind of like Edward Norton or David Fincher. Um, like he takes his time before he's, he's very involved in the process mm-hmm. and like everything. Um, I did trivia for this, mm-hmm. which means I watched several uh, extra hours of it because I fucking love this movie. Uh, and I watched, I, I got a special edition Blu ray just so I could watch all the special features, which we talked about weren't so extra special because right. they basically, <laughs> from one disc to the next, they repeat. They're just one interview is from like 1990 and the other interview is from like. 2009 yeah um, and they say the same things but they're just either quicker sound bites or like was, is bit. it just me or those special features not so special they were yes yeah <laughs> not so special <laughs> um i first became aware of this in i would have been 91 late 91 or i guess maybe yeah yeah because the movie silence of the lambs came out in 91 valentine's day yes that was weird yeah <laughs> this was on like a. NBC special Sunday night. Hey, Hannibal Lecter's popular right now. We can totally capitalize on this. And Hey, do you want to see the first movie that Hannibal Lecter was in? Yeah, and it's done by the guy that did the show Miami Vice that was popular up until about five Boy, years ago. Boy, man, I tell you, you, you can tell with kind of how the fashion and the and music, the, the music and, and the lighting and, and the location because he shot this on the other side of... He uh, shot this everywhere. Almost like, yeah, but there was a lot of it is very <clears throat> Actually it was North Carolina. Part of it was was North Carolina, but I do know that when I looked up where they I'm like, where did they shoot where Will Will Graham lives? And it was Oh yeah, it was some artist's that, house. It was Captiva. It was the location that he was supposed to be in was Captiva, uh, Florida, which is like these tiny little islands on the outside of the where it's on the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. It was on like a Sunday night thing, and again, my mom wouldn't let me watch it because I think she'd read the book, and she was like, definitely not, even for TV. (laughs) Uh, But just like I always did, I found some reason to get up and like peek around the corner, and I peeked at the wrong two fucking times because uh, you see, I believe it's Mrs. Leeds sitting up in bed with the mirrors in her eyes and in her mouth and doing that weird reverse film damage like dancing. Like, oh, I don't know what that means, and it's fucking unsettling, and... I don't understand. Ooh, that's it. creepy. And then the other time I managed to come out and look uh, was when uh, Freddie Lowndes in his flaming wheelchair of death oh, right into the so... fucking camera. Dude is scared to shit out. Well, of me. what's yeah, yeah, because because there's that scene where he's the the security guard is in the parking lot and he's like, what? he hears something. He turns back <laughs> and there's nothing there. He like he hears something, and then when he turns back around again, it's <laughs> flame on. <laughs> <laughs> Did he bite his lips off he first? He does. He bites his lips off. They don't off. really imply that in the film, do they? Because he just doesn't want to seal it with a kiss, and he kind of puts on some, puts something on his lips, and then goes to kiss well, him. Well, he goes and puts in the dentures. 
Oh, is that See, they what don't it was? they don't go into it again because okay. the dentures he puts in uh, he puts in a set of false teeth okay. so they can't track him from dental records. But yeah, in the in the book and in the movie Red Dragon, he bites Lounge's lips off as like a your lips insulted me, so I'm going to bite your lips off. All right, I get you it. to a wheelchair and set you on fire. <laughs> I read somewhere that he had bit his lips off. But my first thought, I think Lisa was like, "Did he bite his tongue off?" I'm like, "I'm not sure." He bit something in the mouth. I believe the I haven't, read, I haven't read the book in a long time, but I think it was like he mailed them somewhere after. Ooh, I can't remember. I need to read it again. Those were the two things that stuck out with me. That's probably. I don't know if that's the most disturbing image from Manhunter, but it's it's up there. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, what's up with the weird tiger hand job thing? That's it was kind of it was weird. Why is John Travolta's wife from Face Off humping a tiger? <laughs> you got to admit though, I mean, if you see things with your hands because you're blind, that would be kind of cool. But at the same time, he's sedated, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, Lisa felt that Tom Noonan. Was like a cross between Rocky Horror and Dauber from Coach. <laughs> M O O N. That spells tooth fairy. Yeah. I'm like, oh she's man. right. She and I wrong. looked at her and I said, you may have just helped me recast who the tooth fairy was again because I had one person written down, but I might have Ooh, another I don't know one. If I recast him. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I guess I always kind of saw Dauber. I never thought about it, but yeah, big, tall, blonde, fucking Scandinavian dude. Yeah. it's Say it again. It was Dauber and who? Um, Rocky Horror. From, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you ever notice? Um, so it's it's later. It's, it's uh, 15, 20 minutes in. Will is in Atlanta in his hotel room, and he's talking to the TV, or he's actually kind of breaking the fourth wall, but there is a jump cut. Yes. I've noticed several jump cuts. There's several. Do you think those are intentional to show, like, this like passage of time or kind of like how like or truncated kind will's of thought process fractured. or is it just michael mann going like everything you did up until this point was fucking gold what i want you to do is sit perfectly still and then i'm gonna i'm gonna cut in do you think it's just a just a shitty edit for lack of a better i term? don't know if it's a shitty um i won't say shitty a, edit but just a just a, a, a it's it's a it's 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 not unsettling but it's I think it's almost on purpose. It it almost because there's does an, seem there's like. there's some later in um, in the finale there's which I, those were done purposeful I believe I think so and there's there's reasons why that mm. that was a little different which I'll get into in, in trivia too I think but. I don't want to jump into your trivia at this moment but is do you know the reason why he chose to call the movie Manhunter rather than I Red do. Dragon there was uh, a movie out that year called the Year of the Dragon starring Mickey Rourke Mickey Rourke okay and they didn't. <clears throat> they a didn't want it to be s- confused with that movie, and they also didn't want it to be confused with like a, just a karate movie, which was kind of big at the time. Oh, that makes sense. Manhunter's not a it is not bad title, but no. you could have come up with. I understand what they were going for, and it's definitely much more proce- like procedural than this than. Like the, the like the film or the book specifically, like it doesn't focus as much on the darkness that yeah, you feel this, in the book. Well, and, you and I were and talking out in the you and I were talking in, out in the lobby earlier. This this kind of gave ironically we we're talking about the show Hannibal, which I think only could exist on network TV because of the show CSI, which starred William Peterson. <laughs> which that show I think man kind of 
Well, no, see, set it's, the stage for starting to move in that direction yeah, for and then police procedurals in a different light. So, William Peterson starred in CSI, yeah, which I think was born out of no lesser part of this movie, which yeah. stars William Peterson. So, in essence, he's kind of played a, an investigative forensic guy for a long time, umpteen years. I'm not. I don't want. I don't want to jump into casting just yet. Okay, like or to recast. But hey, by the way, what are you drinking today? Been a minute. Narragansett, man. Oh, yeah, me too. Narragansett Lager Beer. Unofficial, official. The official, unofficial. Official, unofficial. Hashtag official, unofficial beer of six pack double feature. I feel like there's one specific character that's a little miscast. I I like. I think I know who you're going to say. I don't know if you think. I think you might be wrong. I don't know. Okay. I like Dennis Farina. That's who I was going to say. Okay. He feels just like a cop. He He's too much of just a cop. He doesn't feel like a fed. He doesn't feel like he should okay, be ordering good. Will Graham around. He feels like he feels like the top he guy. He should be his partner or something. You know? No, he should be the guy at the department that's like, I'm fucking stumped, but you know who can fucking figure this out? Will Graham. Will Graham. That said, I fucking... He feels like Chicago cop. Because that's what he was. He was still a cop yeah. when he did this. Okay. I knew that he was a cop. In Chicago yeah. for a period of time, because that's also where Michael Mann was from. Yep. But uh, I fucking love Dennis Freeman. But I didn't this. know he's just not. This is where he starts the transition into acting. He's he's my second favorite Crawford, out of all the Crawfords that exist across all the. He's other my than, second favorite Crawford. Oh. Other well, you know what? Fuck it. The one in my mind is Scott Glenn. When I read oh, all yeah. the books, it's Scott Glenn. It's, it's either Scott a younger Glenn. Scott Glenn or an older Scott Glenn, and then it's Dennis Farina. And then it's that fucking... Uh, Harvey Keitel isn't bad as... He's the same as Farina. He's like just a miscast cop. Yeah, right. And then Lawrence Fishburne can eat my shit. Well, I don't slam them picking Lawrence Fishburne. I think it's just... He was misused. The way he... I think he was... They they did his character a discredit. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't slam... Reckless. Lawrence Fishburne specifically. I slam the fact that that's how they chose to write his character. He plays him reckless... With his students, rather than cautious, and he doesn't provide enough guidance and balance. And they don't play him as young. He's if, just pushing. If, if he was young and reckless, that that would be, would be more believable. Yeah. But he's not, not for the age of Fishburne yeah. in this series. Correct. There's no way he would have put as that version of Will Graham is so unstable. There's no way. And he's only the head of the behavioral science. Yeah. Okay, he's not the fucking director or of the. You FBI, don't think the yeah. director would get wind? You're putting a mentally ill person who has the ability to, like, almost absorb the 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 abilities of whatever killer he's looking for or whatever he focuses on. You're putting him out there in the world. No, he needs to be a math teacher somewhere. That's what I have that doesn't work. Anyone else telling this story other than Michael Mann, really? Brett Ratner did the one in O two, uh, and they got some stuff okay, like some imagery. You can tell there's a difference in there is. There's some they shit. So tried to pull in the same elements. The Red Dragon movie is fan service. It's yes. a lot of fan service. It's fan service, and it's also hey, can we make some money off of this? And they gave the, they gave the the cat the cat with Red Dragon. They gave the casual moviegoers like. A little more Anthony Hopkins, and with mm-hmm. people like me, they gave the scene from the book where he eats the fucking painting. I fucking, I ate that shit up. No pun intended. Yeah, that's that, great. I've, they, yeah. See, which is something that I didn't like about Manhunter. It's not that I didn't like it, but they don't expand. Yeah, there's no dollar hide backstory. No, very little. And, and I don't need to know why he's doing this, but like, if he's doing this in such a specific way, a little bit of his world. You don't understand that that he's being driven by this internal thing that is. 
he's seeing as yeah. the red dragon. And you was, get that in Red Dragon. And you it was written into this. In it was written into this. And all the tattooing and stuff was right. written into this. But they, uh, Michael Mann said he felt it trivialized what he was doing. And it's like, well, no, it fucking explains what he's doing. Which, I mean, I guess I've said it before. Sometimes not knowing why something's happening is scarier. But he's such an interesting character. Like, you want a little bit more of him. Right. You know what I mean? That's I, just me. I feel that... That Manhunter in in some way suffers from the looking like the product of its time. It does not feel timeless. Like when we when we talk about silence here later, silence for the there's most a part, reason. There's a reason silence feels timeless. But yes, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, there's a reason why Manhunter doesn't feel timeless is because hey Miami Vice Miami Vice anyone he was two years into Miami Vice he had a yeah. fair amount of clout at that time and so it's just the fashion the the scenery in some ways just felt a little too 80s dated now. Yeah. That's what I have here. It used for me it used to be how much Miami Vice it felt like um with all the white rooms and the right angles. Uh, but all those white rooms and those right angles make the blood pop. Like the blood oh, spatter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really makes it stand out because, you know, blood spatter is irregular. Out of all of that, out of everybody else trying to tell this story, out of all the weird 80s, the music, the score is good, but the score is a little saccharine and a little up to about seven and a half when it needs to be about a six at times. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. What doesn't work is really not much. This movie really pretty much... Rewatching it, I, I was a little more picky, so we'll do yours first and then we'll, we'll go Well, that's our mine. job on here, but yeah. that's mine. There's really not a lot that doesn't work in this movie for me. Like you said at the time stamping... I have four notes okay. on what doesn't work. The first one is I'm not a huge fan of the score. And so it's funny that you mentioned that first. <laughs> Lisa's first reaction when the film started was, is this a John Carpenter film? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fuck, because, wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, I think his score would have been better, but a little more repetitive. But this one was also just as repetitive, just not as good. Uh, it just, it's a little too synth. Um, it's 280s. It's generically moody. It kind of feels like a TV movie sometimes in that respect. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's like one an of episode biggest, of Miami Vice. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why Lisa did not care for this film. And for the most part, I don't think she we 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 rewatched it together because I wanted to get her honest opinion, and she gave some valid points. And it's just it doesn't match up sometimes with silence, silence which is you know understandable. Sure. Um, number two, I think the story suffers uh, from not truly knowing Graham's backstory. I don't he, mind not knowing Graham's backstory. You're okay with that? I am. Okay. Because they, again, in the book, they give you a little bit. But just, they go back just, far, just far, enough. They go, they go back far enough to know how he got fucked up yep. by and Hannibal. And that's cool. Here they don't. And he ex- and they, they explain it away as like Hannibal was just killing co-eds, which is I think is what cheapens him in this movie. To people that have seen Silence first. Anyway, I'm sorry. It's unfortunate. It's just most people are going to see Manhunter after they've seen Silence. Sure. Regardless. Uh, I think the film struggles a little bit on pacing for me. It's I <sighs> love you don't... Michael Mann's films, but if you are not ready to sit down and just watch what he's putting on screen, it can feel like it needs about 15 minutes cut out. If he had put this movie out now, I would say that, but I... I came to this movie as a younger You're, person okay so this movie is like an old friend to me okay an old fucked up friend that i have to go visit at the baltimore clinical hospital for the criminally insane <laughs> but uh are you still wearing that atrocious aftershave that you wore i keep getting it for christmas 
It smells like it has a ship on the bottle. <laughs> That's so great. I it's love. A great line. I love his like Hannibal's keen smell. Like his sense of smell is so powerful. That's that what I do like about the TV show. They they almost play it up too much, but like he can smell the encephalitis or whatever it is yeah. that, that he's got a brain swelling. That's the episode There's I was watching right when you pulled in the driveway. There's a this sweetness morning. to it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, Ew. it's apples and oranges. But which lector is better? Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Overall, yeah. It's I mean, not but, because, it's not because he's played it in three movies. I just think his performance and his interpretation of the character is a little bit better. Overall, yeah. I love them both. Yeah, I love them both. Brian Cox being being Brian Cox and, and Anthony Hopkins. Those are my of what five people have played him. I don't know. Brian Cox, Anthony even... Hopkins. What's his nut on TV? Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, he. I and like his I because don't like he. His. I like his because he, he. The way he interpreted it is and he's like he's playing it. He wanted to play it different because he can't just do Anthony Hopkins. Right. No, and, I appreciate that. He decided he was going to play it like he was playing the devil. Well, given that information, that, is that he's in the world, but he's not of the world. And that takes so a can, lot of pressure off of what I was putting on that show. I'm going to watch it differently now. Yeah. That's that was one of the other bits that I read okay. not too long ago. There's a bit of compassion, but there's also this hmm, not but, really human. So, so I can Cox is a little more realistic. He's just like a, a convict, like a pissed off. So in yeah, for me when watching it now, it felt like Cox seemed very working class Hannibal Lecter, yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm cool with that. And Anthony Hopkins is like scary grandpa boogeyman kind of yeah. Like don't don't talk to my grandpa. He was in Nam, and he wasn't. He did not have a good experience over there, and he's not. Please don't talk about your sweetbreads. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't bring up the sweetbreads. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry, I derailed you. So no, you were... I only have one other one other thing that I feel doesn't work in okay. this, and it's re- it's a real nitpick with being that it's eighty six that when this comes out, so it was most likely filmed in eighty five. But anyone who was anyone would have purchased some sort of VHS camcorder in 85, 86. Uh, even my family had a VHS camcorder by Oh, hey, Nathan Rockefeller over here, everybody. Not Nathan's really. family had enough money to buy a camcorder in 1985. Uh, they were much more affordable then than you think. But I find it a little hard to believe that these families at this time in the United States in 86 were still making 8mm home videos in order to have to have them developed. Mm, I see what you're saying. It's it's that gets me. That's that's pretty nitpicky because you got to think in the early 80s. There are I people, let it go. There are people like me. But that it was like, one thing that just goes, come on, really? Sure. You know? Yeah. So that that's it's a nitpick, but that was a bit of a nitpick for for me. For Man did you Hunter. notice Chris Elliott in the FBI <laughs> playing a completely straight character just for? Oh like, yeah. It's, how did that happen? Uh, how did he get in there? Like yeah, it's if, just, I, I want to start. I, I like weird collections. And I want to start a collection of weird autographs of like. <laughs> so you want to get? <laughs> I want to get Chris Elliott's autograph on my Blu-ray copy of Manhunter. <laughs> I think no, that would be you. so fucking cool. That would be funny. Yeah. Oh, it's nice to meet you. Oh yeah, I love your work. Oh, what's your favorite thing? I love what you did in Manhunter. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Yeah, I know. Actually, he he did. did he, he yeah, couple, I thought he did. A couple little toss away lines, but I think that would be so funny. <laughs> oh, do you like Shit's Creek or uh, Cabin Boy? Or, Manhunter. Uh, Manhunter. Okay, here you, Groundhog go. here you go, kid. Get, get, get. On me in three, two, one. <laughs> um, also, the guy um, that is lighting, using the, the, the opaque lighting on the Avid Fan 
toilet paper letter yes is the same guy that says meet mr acarantia sticks better known as the death's head moth He's the same kind of like. Oh, he, that's right. He it's, almost plays the same ferryman over the it's river. It's Bulldog, Sticks. yeah. Right? It's Bulldog from Frasier. From Frasier, right? But he almost plays the same kind of character in Manhunter and Red Dragon. He he says, hey, "Here's a key piece of evidence, and here here's what it is." Boom. That's so weird. It's I forgot so, that he was in it's, both. It's so cool. There's a couple of characters. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of actors that are in both movies. The guy who plays Barney, Frankie Faison. Yeah, he's in. He's in all of them. All of them as. Uh, this is the only one where he doesn't he's play Barney. He's not Barney. <laughs> he's just a cop in St. Louis in this one. He's the head cop in St. Thank Louis. Thank you, Barney. Yeah, thank you, Barney. But all the other five Hannibal Lecter movies or whatever, he's he's Barney. Even in that shitty Hannibal Rising movie. Even that book was okay. Which one? Hannibal Rising. He wrote that and then wrote the screenplay because if he hadn't, uh, Dino De Laurentiis was going to move on without him because he wanted to play. He wanted to make a film. With a backstory of Hannibal Lecter, regardless. So yeah. I guess Thomas Harris said, "Well, if you're going to do it, then I'm you're not going to. I'm not going to fucking kill my character and put him. You're going to ruin fridge. it. Yeah, yeah I, I'll ruin my I, character. I'll ruin him. <laughs> Just watch. I think on an aesthetic level, this like the framing and the cinematography for beautiful is fucking amazing yep. in this film. I agree, especially when." Um, it's right after they put the the note in the Tadler. They're trying to capture the Tooth Fairy, mm-hmm. and he sees the guy jogging and just whatever buildings and all that. Or when he runs out the first time he meets up with Lecter and he runs down those those stairs. That was where, a museum. And, yeah, I think it was a museum. I was like, God, oh, that's just he picks the perfect visually stunning locations. Just very aesthetically pleasing. Just but cold. But cold at the same time. Yeah, like. Yeah, it's just, it's weirdly beautiful. Like, do you have a favorite line? Uh, I've got one. <laughs> Someone should blow this sick fuck out of his socks. <laughs> That's in my clip. Let's play it. No, no clip. <laughs> I guess I thought we had a clip. No clip. Uh, we had a clip. Two weeks ago when I made these notes, or a week ago when I made these notes, but apparently in that time frame, that clip uh, came down and is no longer available. And it was posted in 2012, so I had eight years. <laughs> I guess I guess we don't have a clip. Uh, the scene is basically where Will shows compassion for Francis while he also wants to take down the adult that he's become. Um, but it also shows that Will is not who he used to be that he's changed and he's willing to push back on Crawford when he's you know being pushed on he pushes back eventually yeah and it and it's the scene that leads to him discovering we'll go till I'm ready to be done yeah that kind it, of thing. It, it it's the scene that leads into him finding out the, how the two families are linked together by the film processing right but if i have to go with a favorite line it's it's just a very short period of conversation a very short piece of conversation so Will Graham says i know that i'm not smarter than you Hannibal Lecter, then how did you catch me? You had disadvantages. What disadvantages? You're insane. <laughs> Which William Peterson pulls off so much better than Edward yes. Norton does yeah. in that. Yeah, I'm assuming that was taken directly from the book. Yes. That's what I thought. <laughs> Straight from the book. I thought that that's what I remembered, but like I said, it's been a while since I've I've read the book. So <laughs> that's, figured, that's how it plays in the book, too. Yeah. It's just like one plus two <laughs> equals two equals yeah. three equals four equals four. You're insane. You're insane. <laughs> If you had a magic wand, what would you do? Mine's simple. I think we've already said it. 
Go ahead. A little more dollar hide. Okay. A little more, like, a little more what's the Tooth Fairy's world. Because his house, fucking badass. With all the moon shit and all that. See, they're not so badass in Red Dragon because he's living in the house that he's lived in all his life, correct? He's living in an old nursing home that his great-grandmother operated Uh, with a bunch of old wheelchairs and shit. And that's why the wheelchair. I knew I'd get you there. But uh, (laughs) it's not hard. It's how... but his house in this, while different than the actual source material, it works for this version. Yes. And it plays up into that moon shit, like that he's on a lunar cycle or it whatever. It's quite black. Have you ever seen blood? Have you ever seen blood in the moonlight, Will? It doesn't even have to be necessarily why he is the way he is, but just like him. He sure does wear his heart on his sleeve, though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a cold-blooded, sick-fuck killer, but boy, throw him a little bit of female attention and he just... Falls ass over noggin right into, yeah. right into love with almost to the point where he probably may have stopped maybe probably not I'd alter the ending to make it more like the novel I think there's that added level of suspense where you think he's dead they were gonna do it they just ran out of time really yep how about this, dude? Okay, so that final scene when Will blows him the fuck away and he's laying there on the ground all Jesus Christ pose. And looks like he has wings, right? I always thought it looked like he had wings. And I'm like, was, man, how that, crazy is it that it looks like that blood that they put on the floor looks purposeful? like he has wings? And it's on fucking purpose because in his death, he became the dragon that they didn't really mention in this movie. I, I, I literally had to watch the special features to go like, yeah, we meant to do that. And I was like, I, uh, I probably, I, I, I knew. I knew that. I, yeah, I was I pretty that. sure I knew you meant to do that. I love the buildup of suspense with Inagata DeVita. Perfect. And him slow-mo running to crash through the window and then having his ass handed to him, like, almost immediately after. Slice, slice, slice. Into the refrigerator. Yep. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Sit But down. right before you're like, this is, this is amazing. This is a great heroic entry in... quite human it's like it's just like it's so polar opposite of what you're hoping to expect to happen and then it doesn't happen and while you want that triumphant and to take him down and it's done it's better that it's not and that's where a lot of those other jump cuts happen is when yes when he's shooting him with the uh, bulldog um that's a great scene you know it was the first time those two had met Tom Noonan is one of those fucking method actors that insists that you call him by his character's name. He won't meet other people on the fucking cast. Excuse me, me, Mr. Tooth Fairy. (laughs) My name is Francis. Francis Dollarhead. Um... The way they end Manhunter, it's, it actually it works for me. It's okay. Yeah. Because I don't dislike it. It's just... It's a cop movie. It makes it more of a forensic files mm. procedural than it does... Which, which, like I said, it makes this a cop movie, whereas yeah. Silence of the Lambs is more of a monster movie. True. Um, Human monster, but... Yeah. And it's got a little switcheroo in it, but... Correct. Um, who would you recast? Um, I believe we had a conversation at one point that said, um, hey, guess what? What? I'm not recasting um, Lecter Hannibal for Lecter both. for both. Yeah. I'm only going to recast him for one. And I night. said, fuck, thank you. Because <laughs> he's well, not really the focus in this. Well, it's- let's see here. What was the other conversations we had? Uh, I said, be prepared. This is what you said. Excuse me. Be prepared. I've added a supplement uh, criteria to our normal notes. Best lector. Doesn't have to be an argument. Simply state your case and we discuss. Oh, Nice. I would be willing to rank them from best to worst. Cox would be low on the list if we include the new TV show. And now you said, spoiler, my field is two. 
<laughs> Anthony Hopkins M- is Mr. The best Bloody Tear can fuck right the fuck off. <laughs> that guy sucks ass. So does that suck ass fucking show. <laughs> In which I reply with, you suck ass. And you said, you should save the screenshots. Then we can review this next week when we record. <laughs> However, that said, in the true show code of our show, we're going to watch two or three episodes tonight. <laughs> and then I said, uh, I think you might change your mind. Might. Recommendations on where to start? Uh, I don't know. Season one, episode one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know that's how it starts. Okay, so recasting. Um, I had three. I did Will Graham. I did uh, Jack Crawford. And I did Francis Dollaride. For Will Graham, Tom Hiddleston. He plays uh, Loki. Loki. Yeah. Okay. Know, good. Okay. All right. I wasn't so sure. That would be your dollar hide. No, that would be Will Graham. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, for Jack Crawford, I picked. <laughs> I'm go back from two episodes where you picked someone. I picked Wendell Pierce, the guy who plays Bunk on The Wire. And Odd the, that you picked him for Will uh, for Jack Crawford because yeah. I, I chose Idris Elba. Uh, that's also a really good pick. Bunk but, would be better though. The reason why I kind of went in this direction is with the TV show that that Wendell Pierce is doing right now. He's playing Jim Greer in the Jack Ryan TV show, and I don't know the Jack Ryan um, universe. Jim so. Greer is his, the director of the CIA. He is Jack Ryan's boss, and okay. so it's apples to oranges. But it was kind of weird that I kind of put him in this role, and then for. Francis Dollarite, I actually picked Bill Skarsgård, the guy who played Pennywise in the mm. new It. And so, then I said, or Phil, uh, I said, or Bill uh, Fagerbaki. <laughs> Dauber and Coach, M O O N. So I changed uh, on the fly here. I originally had Will Graham uh, cast with Idris Elba because he played a character um, called Luther. Luther? Yeah. yeah. And I based it on that. And then as I was reading it, I thought that was a little too on the nose. And I'd rather see Idris Elba as, as Crawford. Uh, as, I could see that. That would work well. As Dollar Hyde, I went with uh, I went a little different. I went Brad Dorif. Not a big, strong, strapping dude. No, but he's intimidating as fuck. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I went Brad Dorif. And that's the only two I recast in this movie. Okay. I you recast- didn't chose not to do Crawford. I didn't. You went Scott Glenn. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have <laughs> truly. I would I would I would like to see uh, Scott Glenn. He to me he's to, to me he's Jack Crawford. Absolutely, I he's, agree completely. He's the fully realized version, yeah, of Jack Crawford in the best possible light. Yep, I agree. And I would have loved to have seen him in Hannibal too. Be- those are my recastings. Um, not terribly entertaining. I apologize. They're not for that. bad. Not bad. They're just. No. I just. He, I try to move away from actors that I've used a little too much sometimes. Like and me and Idris Elba. That's what I had to avoid. So give me one second here. Idris Elba would have been a good Tooth Fairy too. He also would have been a good Crawford and a good Will Graham. So imagine, <laughs> imagine a one man. Peter Elba in three roles, Manhunter, one night only. <laughs> David Harbor would be good too. He yeah. could, he could pull off almost any of the three. Hey, fuck, he could pull off. Fuck, actually, Idris Elba could play all four of the main: Will Crawford, Dollar Hyde, and Lecter, and all so right. could David Harbor. David Harbour and Idris Elba star in Manhunter. <laughs> One night only. <laughs> Let's see here. Do you have... Similar equal film? Yeah. I do. Oddly enough, it stars Edward Norton. It's his first movie. It's called Primal Fear. Oh, that's a really good pick. I don't know why. Really I did movie. not think about doing that. 
instead, I went in the direction of I'd recommend the television series Mindhunter on Netflix. Oh, I hated that show. And that's too bad because the series really dives into the behavioral science unit formed in response to the rise of sexual assaults and homicide in the 1970s. And you kind of get a look, you kind of get a feel for where it came from. Where it came no, from. I get it. I wanted to like it. We watched it. It was just too like David Finchery. Just, no. What? If you're not gonna, if you're gonna tell the Manson story, just tell the Manson story. Don't. We didn't like. You it. just wanted more Manson, huh? No. I, I, if you're gonna do Manson, do Manson. But if you're, it was just a part of that whole story. I know. It was just, and it was not a good story to me. It was dumb. I didn't like it. Just like Chernobyl. <laughs> Whose mustache would win in a fight, Dennis Farina's or Sam Elliott? <laughs> Sam Elliott's. <laughs> you think so? Uh, yeah. Street fight or like gunfight? Regardless, it's Sam Elliott. <laughs> I love Dennis Farina, but it's against Sam Elliott, and you just don't fuck with Sam Elliott or his mustache. What I do like about Dennis Farina and his portrayal of Crawford here is that at least two different times he seems legitimately scared of Will. Aaron. Okay, I get that. Like he he is it's just he was a fucking brilliant actor. He's not going to play like Dennis Farina had a lane and he What's he, he stated it. So yeah, old old style. <laughs> Did he, did he do old style? Hold on. You see? Uh-huh. What did I tell you? Chicago is being invaded by people from New York and L.A. who want our old style and old style life. Why? Because they don't have a double brewed beer with a big taste. That's why. Look at the outfits on these guys. They think we dress like that? Yeah, but they're not going to get away with it. Well, who's going to stop? Me. Remember, the old style you drink is one they'll never get. Hey, you big dummies, look what I got. Huh? Walk, carry it. Old style, it's our great beer and they can't have it. Sit down and drink up, you big bald fuck. <laughs> That's why we don't drink old style in the studio. <laughs> Out of respect for Dennis Farina. <laughs> God rest his soul. God rest his Chicago soul. No, but no, he seemed legit. Just a couple of very subtle acting nuances. He yeah. seemed scared of, just facially, he seemed scared of Will. And I like that. He's, like we said earlier, he's good in this, but he's not Scott Glenn. You want to hear something really weirdly meta? Always. Okay. Um, Dennis Farina plays Jack Crawford. If you go to 2002, who's played? Who's playing Jack Crawford now? Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's really funny is if you go to 1995 and uh, you watch Get Shorty, Dennis Farina is in Get Shorty, and in the film version of Get Shorty that they film at the end, it's played by Harvey Keitel playing... Dennis Farina's Dennis character. Farina's Did they character. do that on purpose? No, I don't think so. It's just an odd, like, check this out. Because they did get shorty before That's how did. you know. That's a black cat walking through the frame, man. Yeah. The woman in a red dress. <laughs> There's a glitch in the Matrix, dude. That's one of those things where they're like, fuck, we have to did double up. Did they do up. that on purpose? We have yeah, to double up somewhere. Have. It was eight years between the what two. What if someone notices? That. They'll figure out that it's a simulation. We have to run that risk. Run it. Run it. <laughs> We're out of time. Run it. Um, okay, so some trivia. Um, sorry. So just to just to recap, gang, I I have a notebook here that I this is my season four notebook, and it's just one of those good old multicolored composition books that you see. Um, I believe it was purple, but one of my cats barfed on it, so I had to throw the cover it's away. The purple barf book. It's well, the purple is gone, and the cat barf is gone. Francis is gone. Francis is gone forever. Um, <laughs> but I still have the paper because I refuse to throw this away. So it sounds ratty, but. Here we go. You signed up for this. Um, we said earlier. You Frank- downloaded this. Now you got to <laughs> listen to it. We said earlier, Frankie Faison has been in every movie um, that features Hannibal Lecter in some way. In, in in this, he was just a St. Louis cop. He was like a, the head lieutenant of the Night Watch, right? The like the last 
True. Final, yes. final sequence. Um, As they got a fax on their giant yeah. uh, Hercules airplane. Um, every other iteration of this, he's been Barney, yeah. uh, the main uh, orderly at the Baltimore State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. Thank you, Barney. Um, Nathan, I hope you haven't looked this up, but do you know some also-rans for Hannibal Lecter, the character in this movie? No, I purposefully chose to okay. avoid that. So I have some, um, some also-rans for Lecter and Will Graham. Um, Joe Piscopo. Brian Dennehy? <laughs> uh, no. No. John Lithgow? 85? Yes. Yes. 95 or 91? Uh, possibly. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Mandy Patinkin? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. William Friedkin? What? Yeah. Like, hey, guess what? What? I don't really act, but if you want to put me in this, I'll be your Hannibal. <laughs> uh, some also-rans for Will Graham were Richard Gere. Uh, maybe uh, no. Not in eighty-five. Not in eighty-five. In eighty-five, he's he's still kind of big. Kyle McLaughlin in eighty-five. Mm-hmm. Don Johnson, super young. Um, Don Johnson. Don Johnson. Hey Don, yeah. What are you doing for the next three months on hiatus while we're filming my movie Manhunter? William Peterson comes right in between Don Johnson and Richard Gere. I think William Peterson is the best representation of Will Graham. I as agree. Well. I agree. Uh, Jeff Bridges was also considered. That would have been also And weird. the final uh, consideration for <laughs> Will Graham was Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke! <laughs> <laughs> um, and also ran for director. Could have been David Lynch. That wouldn't have been bad. Would have been weird. It would not have been good, though. It, it would, would have not different. have followed the story. That's Has David Lynch really adapted much of his own material Anything other than his own material? I don't think so. I don't. Maybe Dune, and then he had it. He um, to have his name, which is removed. why Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. Okay. Um, so for some reason here um, and in the book, Lecter's name is spelled with uh, a K. Yeah, I don't understand that. Now it's an ownership thing. Um, Was it a rights? Yes. Between oh, okay, yeah. so now it has to be L E C T E R. Um, I like the more European spelling with the L E C K T O R. I think it looks more. It's it's like more guttural. Yeah, looks more European, more brutal. Yeah, okay, more, I get it. Um, Tom Noonan actually had body paint uh, tattoos of the Red Dragon. I've seen pictures, but I swear every time they, I watch the film, you don't see ever. You see never it, see. It. No, they, okay, they ditched it. They because like I, I, I said, they, they hadn't. Uh, Michael Mann thought that it trivialized um, what what he was doing. It made it too over the top. Well, that's what the fuck. Did you story. read the book? Yeah, yeah did you read. He, the book? I adapted it. Okay. Do you know what the French version is called? Take a guess. Um, I don't. I really don't know. The sixth sense, <laughs> because uh, Will Graham's ability to fucking see. Yeah, he's a profiler. Before they really started calling them profilers, correct? Correct. Did you clock how long it takes for Dollar Hyde to actually show up? It was like forty-five minutes at least. Fifty-five. Fifty-five. Fifty-five I knew. minutes in. All you see are what the two murdered scenes. You don't. Yeah, you, you see, see his PO. You see his POV. That is crazy. It's not terrible. It's. it's not it works awesome, for his. It, it works, works for his mystique. But then on the other hand, like you said, you kind of wish there was a little bit more at the same time. Yeah, almost an hour in seems strange. And on a personal note of trivia, um, well, two personal notes of trivia. This was William Peterson's second movie after um, To Live and Die in L.A. Oh, as a lead? He's also in he Thief. Is, he's in Thief, yeah. As the bartender, I think? Something. Yeah. But a uh, big friend of Michael Mann. And um, 
To Live and Die in L.A. features William Peterson's big floppy dick and how they didn't fall out of those little nut hugger shorts he's wearing at the beach. I don't know. Nathan, it's rec- been a long time since I've watched Live and Die in L.A. I think we need to pair that with something and we watch should. It and you recommended good. it to me like it's two a years good freaking ago. Movie man, it's great, and I watched it, but you didn't tell me that his giant fucking hog is in it. Like, isn't um, what's his name? Is also naked in the movie too. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, probably. That was a, we rec- we recorded oddly enough we I watched that on a night a Sunday night that you and I had recorded that day and you drank like four or five different kinds of beers that day and you were fucking like you did not feel well because I kept texting you all night like dude fucking heat is great and you're like I don't know leave me alone and I, oh, I did man. that once when we uh, recorded something and I changed up beers several times and that never happened again does it still hold up final thoughts all right. I'm kind of lengthy on this one. You? So, no. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. This one I am. Me too. Uh, I look at this film in two different ways. Okay. Uh, as a Michael Mann film, it holds up. William Peterson and Tom Noonan excel in their performances. Um, I think the film's look and feel, the slick visual style and direction, elevates Mann's simplified adaptation of Harris's novel. Okay. As a cinematic prequel, The Silence of the Lambs. I don't think it holds up. Really? In that way. Don't... Uh, I, I when definitely... You this it, when, not, you, when you this, compare it, I see what you're saying. This is not a movie that I would recommend for people to watch first, or even worse, watch after Silence of the Lambs. Hmm. I think Manhunter gained additional notoriety, but eventually also suffered from being known as the film to first feature the cinematic appearance of Hannibal Lecter, Back in the U.S., you know, when everybody got lector crazy in the mid-90s, early 90s. We were all eating each other. Yeah. Uh, especially if you were wanting to devour more, <laughs> devour more <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. It's almost like we wrote it that way. Uh, we really did. Yeah, really I caught myself on that one. Uh, Brian Cox is, is good in the role as Hannibal, but he's still no Anthony Hopkins. In my honest opinion, He doesn't. he's not bad. The first, my first comparison was this like comparing chocolate to carob. After discussing this with Lisa, she said, you need to come up with a better reference. Uh, it's like a comparing comparison. livers and kidneys. Right. You need to come up because not everybody knows what carob is. <laughs> so I'll make another comparison because I was hoping maybe you did. Um, when you're a kid, you grow up listening to a lot of what your parents listened to, whether it was good or bad or indifferent. It's the only thing you knew. For me, it was The Carpenters, Barry Manilow, George Benson, John Denver. And when you're 10 or 11, you get your first pair of headphones and you turn the dial to the rock station and you get to hear Van Halen for the first time or you hear Led Zeppelin for the first time. And they just don't belong in the same category Okay, when I look at it between these two movies, when you compare it with Silence of the Lambs. They're both equally good in their own way, but not when you compare them side by side and watch them back to back. So you never answered, what, what is carob? Is it like chocolate oh, that's I'm made sorry. from bat shit? <laughs> it's, a, it's a pod that was... Uh, apparently, it was known as a chocolate alternative back in the 70s. Fucking I don't know. 70s. Yeah. The health craze. Yeah. And so anybody who got something that they thought was chocolate and you've been into it it was mildly sweeter and not as good even close not even close not even close okay. so that's how i would compare the two <coughs> you got chocolate in my carob <laughs> 
Um, for me, it, the, in the I don't want to say in the book, but they sped the Reba thing up in this. They, they bring her in and then. Oh, they turn her quickly. Yeah. Boom. It's like, hey, guess what? What? I'm going to blow you. <laughs> she was and is so much more important to the arc of the Dollar Hyde character. And in this version, she's just lady meat. She's just there to kind of coax him into a different behavior and then need to be rescued. Correct. You feel – I'll give you this much. You feel for her a little bit more in Red Dragon than you do in I get you Because she's played better by Emily Watson. Correct. In Red Dragon. Um. I, I do love the bo- both of the misinterpretations of how you think she's uh, a bit of a whore, <laughs> but she's not necessarily. She's just a normal person. She's just a normal person. She was attracted to Francis. Yeah. And then his misinterpretation is amazing in in that yeah, it's scene. It's almost like he's he, like, nuts. Yeah. It's almost like he's crazy, like he would kill some people. <laughs> um when he tears that, off that shot like of him ripping the, that was the yep. first shot of the movie that they shot really the first thing that they shot of his anyway yeah um this uh, manhunter took a few passes to actually grow on me to like it because it's like had a lot you of, seen it after i think Silence i saw well? this i think i saw this first actually. i probably saw this after but i looked in a different light to but i was with. i was younger and then i saw silence of the lambs as i was like a young adult and that, that was my silence was my favorite movie for a long time and i unharshly or i harshly unfairly graded this against that and it took and i think it's like nirvana's first album it's like pearl jam's third album it's actually in a way their best effort and you it gets overshadowed by the more famous the more socially palatable do you think this is michael mann's best film no i think heat is his okay all right uh then we can still remain friends then (laughs) now i've not seen all his catalog there there are but we'll talk the, later. One of the one of the <laughs> on the break. We'll talk later. <laughs> one of the greatest things my wife ever said was just that we'd watched Heat like six months earlier, and I came home from work or or walked into the room or whatever, just cold, like into a cold conversation. Right. She was kind of staring into space, and I was like, "What's up?" And she says, "I'm still just thinking about how fucked up it is that <laughs> Pacino kills De Niro's character in Heat." <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, I love you." <laughs> That says a lot for how a film is made for you to go to have that much compassion, even though he's <laughs> months later. He's the villain, yeah. You know, um, so, but we're not talking about heat. Uh, this took several, <laughs> not several, but three or four, over three or four viewings over you know a period of life between to really appreciate it. The filmmaking of it yeah. on its own and the, reading the book and the it's a perfect storm this movie i really think it is did you know the director of photography shot both movies both versions dante spinotti was the dp for manhunter also red dragon which see manhunter looks more like silence to me in a lot of ways the lighting does which i mean good for him okay but it's um, just kind of weird little bit of trivia on that mark it's this movie gets lost uh sort of in the idea that it's 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 People see it as a Hannibal Lecter movie, and it's not. He's he's just the guy no. that's in it. It's, it's more of a serial killer crime cop movie. Well, in a lot of ways, Hannibal is not the main character in Silence either in, in some eh, ways. Yes is. and no. But this yeah. is more of a Will Graham movie. Absolutely. He's the, he's the top cop, and this is – the top cop stops the shop, and this is his fucking movie. <laughs> he's the heavy and he's the lead kind of at the same time. Agreed. Um, the book was more – Will Graham Dollar Hide based. That's all I'm going to say about that anymore. And um, Red Dragon tried to correct that. And in, in my opinion, it didn't it was, need to. It was too much chocolate cake. It's like I said. No, you're right. And it was definitely fan service in, um, in that respect. 
<laughs> I have here, fuck me. Michael Mann loved straight lines and right angles, didn't he? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> uh, wide shots, he loved those. He loved shooting on that beach because that was just the beach line and then the ocean line. Oh, I had my friend Miranda used to work at a video store back home. Uh, Dave's video and tanning and mattresses. And she, uh, every now and again, they would go through the inventory and sell the stuff that wasn't popular to make room for more stuff. And she sold me at her discount her copy, the, the store's only copy of Manhunter on DVD. Because it wasn't popular enough to keep. Correct. Yeah. And somewhere in the interceding years, I've lost my copy oh, of that it. that sucks. And I was fucking bummed about it because I love that copy, but had nothing on it. This uh, special edition Blu-ray, while the special features aren't quite so special, <laughs> there's still extra shit on it. And you, I, have, I haven't watched. You did watch the theatrical cut, correct? I did. You told me not to watch the director's the cut. The director's cut. It goes back and forth between so I the, am the high def and standard definition. That does that shit doesn't bother me. You could tell a huge difference between the two, and it made me change it. The only way I'm going to watch yeah. the director's cut is when I'm listening to Michael Mann talk about. And I've got the next yeah, week off, I'm gonna do. and I'm going to probably watch both of those: um, director's cut and uh, the Blu-ray looks amazing. Like the reprint of yeah. that film looks incredible. Special features, not so special. Not so special. It's the same. It's the same two interviews, just from different different times. Right. Uh, anyway, we're gonna grab some lunch and we'll be back. A rookie FBI agent found a girl's body down in West Virginia. Are you saying that he's killed again? I'll help you catch him, Clarice. A psychiatrist turned psychopath. Yes, and now Clarice, poor little captain, is waiting. Opposites with one attraction. Tell me his name, doctor. Now, Lecter's missing hand arm. Ah! Her life hangs in the balance. That's a raving maniac. Who knows what he'll do? The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Rated R. <laughs> hey, does that sound uh, familiar? No, the line is, hey, does that sound like this? <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> do it. Now we know what's playing at the end of this episode. <laughs> 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 Point at me. Do it again. Hey, does this sound like this? I'm leaving all of that in. Okay. I don't <laughs> care if you cut it out and just put it at the end. It'd be funny. But whatever. I already have a thing for the end. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it does sound familiar to that. What is that? Predator. <laughs> they fucking took the Predator music and tucked it's, it underneath. It's the- been used before in other trailers Why do well. they do that? In it's trailers. If my assumption is if the artist allows them to utilize it, then they can. Because it just punched the trailer up because the music is There's a lot of silences. 20th Century Fox stuff that gets used, even though this is um, Orion, but I don't know who owns the rights now. Probably MGM or something. Universal or who, Elon who Musk. Who owns what? Disney? Who knows? Disney may own Sazalands now. <laughs> Uh, does that make Clarice a Disney princess? Yes. Or does it make Buffalo Bill a Disney princess? Both. I think maybe both. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Roger Corman is in this. He's the director of the FBI? Yes. You know yeah. who else is in this? Roger Corman. George Romero. Romero's in this? We'll get to it later. He's a just he's an agent. Oh, did you do trivia on this too? No. I just okay, I just I happen to see it and I You see know it. why Roger Corman's in this? It's the closest he'll ever get to a fucking Oscar. Uh Jonathan Demi uh also started with him. Yep. God damn it. Is That's that cool? Fucking beautiful. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that makes me so happy. So many fucking names and comers came from Roger Corman's school of fucking 
fine yeah. arts. <laughs> it's so cool. I love that that he came. That a lot of these directors came up in the school of Roger Corman. If they didn't come up in the actual universities doing film school, so I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Here's your piece of trivia. That's it. That's it. That's We're done. Trivia. All right. What are your final thoughts? See you next week, guys. <laughs> it's uh, RoboCop and. Um, Okay, anyway. now, here's my first question. Do you consider Silence of the Lambs a horror movie? I used to say no. <sighs> it's hard to say, man. It's because... a different type of horror, but it is horrific. Some of the things that are happening or referenced to or referenced about in this film. There's definitely so there, there's there's, a horror-ish element there's to this definitely, film. There's a slasher. Yep. A but, shape, a Freddy, a Jason. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a final girl. There is. Don't go around that corner kind of thing. There's a suspenseful reveal. It's horror, dude. It's just it trans- I, it transcends horror. That's the reason why it's so well because it's a horror story. Good. It's a horror story with an amazingly talented cast. And there's nothing more horrific than people abducting other people or eating other people what gets you know than what, an actual monster where you know? horror gets labeled horror is that horror is like supernatural or like zombie right. there's like nothing supernatural about this shit that could couldn't ever happen and that's what people they 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 put horror in that box and then they shut the door and they look like, at that's it around it. halloween and that's what horror is it's freddy krueger yeah. is what horror is well fucking watch the news man because these kinds of people exist i mean yeah. hannibal lecter and the and buffalo bill and the tooth fairy are a little sensationalized but not a ton these fucking people have existed and that's sneak peek We're how is that talking not, probably about ed gein a little later how is that not scarier to us how is that not scarier to us than than freddy krueger yeah it's and we well, don't it's call more this, scary because it's well, realistic yeah this that's, is that's this is based is. on fucking ed gein yeah a real guy Ed Gein is the basis for Leatherface. He's the basis for um, Norman Bates. He's the basis for Hannibal Lecter and and Buffalo Bill. I think Hannibal Lecter was like several different composites, and there was sure. something else also that Thomas Harris based him off of. I didn't do this specific research on this, but there was a there was a prisoner, the Russian uh, guy. Uh, I don't remember. Can't remember Russian his name. Or Mexican or so, I can't remember. But he talked about how there was a specific individual that he based the creation of Lecter from. Okay. So um, when this movie was first released, I, I had zero interest in wanting to see it. I was in high school, early high school, and this was something that would not have been watched in my house to begin with. Um, Why is that? Just because of the grossness? The, the grossness, the just the subject matter in general. This was not something that my, you know, growing up in a conservative household, this is not what they would want to watch. So it was just never addressed. And I'm sure that they probably made comment like, I can't believe this movie won Best Picture or Oscar, blah, blah, blah. But definitely something that my parents have never had, hadn't seen in 91. They probably still haven't seen it now uh, will be my first guess. Uh, I could be wrong, but I remember seeing the book everywhere. Everywhere. I was I was 10. Before it was released. I was like, 10 when this came out. Like so there was rights and there was pictures of Jodie Foster and the moth thing over her mouth. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And that image, imagery was everywhere. Creepy. In uh, 91 or late 90s, you know. Uh, excuse me, late 1990. Um, 
And it just, it kind of freaked me out for a period of time. And I had to push past that. And I probably didn't see this until after either I was still in high school, but close to graduating or after high school. Did the same thing to me because implied terror is still terror. Yeah. I was, I was scared of this movie because I was told I should be scared of this movie. And I was, I'm younger than you. I mean, not by, not by, you know, we're not that much different now, but. Right. What are you, how old are you? I'll be 45 in October, 2020. Okay, so you're five years older than me. Right. Okay, so... It seems like a lifetime when you're between five and ten, or, or when 10 you're and between 15. ten and fifteen, which yeah, is, yeah, when But now out. it's it's not much. Same thing. Uh, same things with Manhunter. I wasn't allowed to watch this because my mom watched this because she she likes movies with strong female characters and and she likes good stories. Um, but she rented this, and uh, again, it was a uh, yeah. Don't probably probably don't come in here and, <laughs> and then you're gonna wake I, me up what did i do i was playing nintendo in the other room and i was like i'm just gonna see what's happening in the other room and i peek out and like hey there's benjamin Raspail's head in a bell jar in an oh, old packard oh yeah but why is his That's lip a... why is his lip all like, like is that formaldehyde <laughs> does formaldehyde cause that that's the first scene i ever saw of this movie Oh yeah, it's like the like I think I would rate this like how Lisa said the first time that she kind of saw images of Jaws with the, the first, guy. The you leg, kids okay out there? The le- yeah, the leg that falls down. <laughs> yes. I could see that as just as a horrific image as the dude's head in a jar full of formaldehyde and the. <laughs> Can you open this jar? Oh, I can't breathe anymore. How's it breathing here? Always better to hint at what horrific things Hannibal did to the nurse than actually see it. In the photograph, nothing when, scarier than a closed nothing door. Nothing scarier than what you think is there, but you don't actually see because you're just kind of thinking about it. And then he flips that even that when he picture. ate her tongue. Um, what his I, heart rate never went up above eighty five. His pulse whatever. never got above eighty five. That's even when he ate yeah. her tongue. And I think in the book it was swallowed. But um, something I love about this that you don't, or maybe I'm just an idiot. Um, well. Jury's still out. You don't totally realize that a lot of the shots you see, especially early on, are Clarice's point of view. They're done that. That, that is done on purpose. And that's, I, I know. In but trivia, it's very, but that is, very, very subtle. Effect- oh, oh, it's, it's so, so effective. Now knowing that everything you, is all. Just, oh, fuck. It pulls you right everything, into it. Man. Everything that everybody is looking at. They are looking at her, but because they're looking at her, they're looking at you because you're supposed to be looking at everywhere, yeah. everybody else through her. And they eyes. don't, they don't smile at her. They're just looking at her like she's a like, fucking like statue. when she's in the uh, funeral home and there's a there's a funeral full of cops. Going, yeah, yeah. All right, over here now. They all turn and look at it, and you just feel that your ears kind of get red and hot, and you're yep. like, Ugh. so effective. I'm glad that Iris grew up and made something out of herself. <laughs> She had a rough go of it there in the late seventies. She did, but she she turned herself around, went to convent school there up in upstate, and then went to UVA. And then her dad was killed. And then her tragically, he surprised a couple of uh, bank robbers outside the Sears. Uh, she took that small life insurance policy claim and uh, went to UVA, and then on to the academy. And she's on her way to becoming. Question: How does one swallow their own tongue? I don't know. Well, in the movie, it said that Miggs died by swallowing his own tongue. This is physically impossible to do unless the tongue has been cut off first. I guess he cut his own tongue off. Uh, well, the interpretation is that he either died of asphyxiation and his tongue—excuse <clears throat> me—and his tongue blocked his airway, or Miggs bit off his own tongue and swallowed or choked on it. It's physically impossible to do that. 
the only way you can do it is by asphyxiation or by biting it off first. That's gross. Yeah, it adds an extra layer. Like at first, it's just like, ugh. And then you think about it later going, okay, you can't really do that. Uh, what doesn't work for you? Uh, I got one. Okay. It's the Keanu effect. If you can't do the accent, just don't do it. Oh, yeah. That's her, what I have down here as well. Her um, accent, her accent, while at times is okay and and that's what I put as my magic wand. That was the only thing I would change is her West Virginia accent was a little He's from Baltimore. Mine was if you could make one change to the film, it was like the movie is sheer perfection when it comes to a psychological horror thriller. There isn't much uh, there isn't a wasted frame, but if I'm being nitpicky, I would uh, make Jodie Foster's West Virginia accent a little more real than it, what she was able to pull off. I would just say... That's it for me in, when it comes to magic wand stuff. Look, I would just say if you can't do the accent, don't do it. Jodie Foster plays that role. The, from the source material, Starling's a little more spitfire in the book. Uh-huh. Like, at least in her yeah. inner monologue. All right. Outwardly, not not as much. Not as much. But what Jodie Foster does in this movie is fucking, it's a pure slice of gold. And the accent doesn't need to be there. No. Because it's just... It's pointless. Hopkins doesn't pull a Baltimore accent. No. No one, no one pulls a Baltimore accent in this movie. So why would she pull a Southern accent? Other than to try to add that. It's part of her backstory that doesn't necessarily need to be there. You could just the say The only way trash. it works. Yeah. The only way it works is that I just scene. thought of a fun recasting. Wow. Maybe I got to it. Uh, what I put down here is what doesn't work. I'm like, the only thing that doesn't work is that the film should have won the Oscar for Best Film Editing. I then did a little more research and realized that the Academy selected the best film for the category of Best Film Editing, which was JFK. If you've ever seen JFK nope. and know what goes into editing a cohesive narrative and how difficult a challenge it was working underneath Oliver Stone and his material. I edit this podcast every week. <laughs> So that's the only thing that doesn't work is this film should have won for best editing. The, it's an it's, opera. Yeah. See, that's why I say it's not horror. It's it not, is and it isn't. Yeah. It is and it isn't because it's so much of everything. And I mean, in its crux, it's horror, but it's, at the same time, it's so much more. <laughs> the last time I was watching again also with Lisa and we were both like, that is the largest storage rental unit I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> It's like the size of a house, <laughs> larger than a house. There's so much in there. Can you imagine how long it took, like, the set dressers to just set everything just for those few shots? A few minutes, yeah. Yeah. That's a great scene, though, man. I like, know. Well, yeah. There's also the, are you sure you want to go under there even though you can't get the door open? Well, let me get the jack out of my car. Are you insane? She's ambitious. She is ambitious, but there's still that, uh, if I'm not out, what does she say? If I'm not out, in, like, here's if I'm the not night, out in a few she minutes, a card. She goes, if if I'm not in a few minutes, or if <laughs> something else were to happen, <laughs> here's a number for a Baltimore field office. Right. <laughs> I've seen this movie like a thousand times. That's a dude. lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of times. I've that's seen a lot of times you've seen it. I, I had a feeling it. you might know that part. Fucking yeah, it's just it. like oh. My driver, he detests physical labor. I mean, because anybody don't under we the- all, motherfucker? Help me lift the garage door. Trying to solve a murder, bitch. Yeah. Part of me just goes, mm, yeah, let's just wait till daylight. <laughs> When's the sun See, come up? Six hours, I'll be back. That's a horror element. Yeah. Going like, in. Nope, you got to go in now. But yeah. mm, 
A logical person will go, all right, I'll meet you back here at 8 o'clock. Don't go in the basement, bitch. I'll bring in some glazed donuts and some coffee. <laughs> we'll get this bitch open and take a look around. No, 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 no. You got to go in now. Was Ted Levine cast because of how creepy his voice sounded or because he could actually do a really good tuck? I don't know. I, I don't know. Let me see how well you can hide your penis. <laughs> his voice is like, he is a Yardley Smith voice. Yeah, you like, can't not think Lisa Simpson when you hear Yardley C- Smith. You can't not think of Buffalo Bill. Well, I don't necessarily when, mean that. I yeah, mean, no, there's just, you hear their voice and you're like, that's fucking Yardley Smith. There's no one else that sounds like that. Correct. Yeah. Like, that sounds like his, I wish my voice was that, like, unique. Did you notice that for the rest of his career, he grew a mustache and played, like, cops? Butch, tough cops. Heat. He's in Heat. Is he in Heat? He's in Heat. Um, And he's also, yeah, that's funny. I never even thought about that. Yeah, he's in Heat. He is one of the cops. And he's also one of the, like, the captain or whatever in, um, what's his name, show Monk. Monk. Yeah. He's also uh, Odd Connection. Uh, odd Connection. He is in the movie Evolution. He, is he? He plays that Dick General, and he stars in Evolution with Julianne Moore, who played Clarice Starling in Hannibal. Anyway, but in Evolution, he's he's an army general with a mustache, short hair and mustache. He went butch after he played. Yeah, he did. Whatever um, Buffalo Bill is. I never made the connection until this actual viewing, as dumb as this sounds, and I'm willing to say it, that Hannibal orders extra rare lamb chops after Clarice shares her last story. Really? I, I never just – it never made those two points for some dumb Son reason. Son of a bitch ordered a second dinner. Lamb chops. Extra, extra rare. rare. What's it going to be for breakfast? Some damn thing from the zoo? <laughs> That's why they got fucking killed. They were rude to him. Uh-huh. Also, they were in his way. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe both on that I think one. Maybe both. What's your favorite scene? <sighs> this movie has some of the like the finest editing, like masterclass editing. I think I know where you're going. I've with ever this. seen because it's my favorite scene too. Well, my is... favorite sequence, I guess. <sighs> okay, what is it? It's the old fucking. Double trickaroo, switcheroo. Who is it on the elevator? Who is it? Where's Clarice? Yeah, okay. It's the it's the fucking hooskerdo switcheroo. What I have written down is is if I'm going to pick like a favorite scene or sequence, it's gonna be the escape scene with Hannibal. It's just that it's like 15 minutes. It's just that whole thing. It was so hard to take notes on this movie. It was, but it wasn't for me. I just for some reason I don't know why. Well, I always, I, like I said, I like to take notes during the duration of the movie. Yeah, and that's and then it. you're done pretty then, much. Yeah. Oh no. But this kept grabbing me. This is a fucking great movie. You playing? You playing Tetris over there? No. What you doing? Shut up. This film has some masterclass levels of like editing. One is that entire scene that gut that. punch of like they fucking they knock on the door with the with the fucking roses and then the door yeah. opens and then that's the Clarice. other one the final oh, kind of like the final such uh, a gut punch yeah as you realize she is holy it's just like he utterly they, alone it's just amazing and what's funny and i will give i'll give credit because i had nothing to do with this but i when i was watching some <laughs> how some, selfless of you yeah you like that <laughs> um the editor who put this film together that was actually jonathan demi the director's suggestion is like these need to be cross-cut you need to make them think that the fbi is at james gum's door right now you need to he's and so he gave demi credit and said i never thought about it 
until we were sitting down doing this and Jonathan came to me and said, these need to intersect. We need you to fuck ne- with the audience. You need to make the audience think one thing and then boom, opens the door, Clarice. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> that is an oh shit moment for sure. Do you think that Catherine Martin was just a little bit ungrateful when Clarice shows up? <laughs> Don't you leave me here, you fucking bitch. No. <laughs> I know. I'd walked back to the hole myself and have been like, Listen to me, you cornpone motherfucker. <laughs> I'm here to help you. And if you talk to me like that again, I'll shoot you myself. Oh, man. I just like, like, uh... <laughs> I mean, I get it. She's in a fucking, she's I in a know. state. She's but... in a state. But no, like, Good Lord, could you be less <laughs> grateful that someone is actually there that's not? FBI, you're safe. Safe shit. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's, a, that's their whole interaction is like, I got you. You don't have me, motherfucker. I'm 12 feet down in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> we used to always riff on that back in the day watching it. Uh, um, yeah, so yeah, she's a little ungrateful. I think she's a little ungrateful. I think like a magnificent chess player, I think Hannibal is often like a dozen moves ahead of like everybody. I think there's no way that... That last, that whole sequence, dude, is so many little fucking... So were all those cross cuts, were those Demi's ideas? Yeah. Of like, he's on the roof of the elevator. And then they shoot him and there's no movement. I don't know if that was, but I know that I mean, the, all that the shit's, doorbell and all that shit's in the different book, homes. But, because it's the Jimmy Dolan fake. And then bait. when you see Chris Isaacs, you're like, boom, bling, ding, ding, ding. Is that your version of yeah. Wicked Game? Yeah. Cool. You like that? That's always my riff when we watch the show. When we watch the show. We watch the movie. But he comes in. <laughs> he turns and there's that really good shot of him in his jaw. Uh huh. I always just the the line I always say is like, it "Looks like a wicked game." <laughs> it's just funny. I'm like, why is Chris Isaacs in this movie? <laughs> and that one guy looks like Ice T. Uh huh. I, w- I was called Operation Stepladder. Operation Stepladder is go. Um, the only other favorite scene I have, I'm not, I'm not even going to pull up uh, a clip. It's just, it's the third of the fourth total meetings that Clarice has with Hannibal and it's as if Hannibal is kind of feeding off of Clarice's trauma and he closes his eyes and and it's not even like the full like mm. lamb story because that's the final one and when mm-hmm. he goes thank you Clarice wow that's a good but point. it's like if he can't feed on you literally he's going to feed on you in another way. Hmm. And I think he was getting that psychic he was energy. Feeding that hmm. urge. And it's just it's so brilliant. Just there's they, like that mutual respect for each other. Sure. But he's still and he's I'm taking advantage of you. Correct, and, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like he's a violent psychopath. The conversation, there's nothing wasted in that entire you know, hold on. I just I just I gotta play it. I gotta play it. Quit pro quo. I tell you things, you tell me things. Not about this case, though. About yourself. Quit pro quo. Yes or no? Yes or no, Clarice? Poor little Catherine is waiting. Go, Dad. What is your worst memory of childhood? Death of my father. Tell me about it and don't lie, or I'll know. He was a town marshal, and... One night, he surprised two burglars coming out of the back of a drugstore. 
They shot him. Was he killed outright? No, he was very strong. He lasted more than a month. My mother died when I was very young, so... My father had become the whole world to me, and uh, when he left me, I had nothing. I was 10 years old. You're very frank, Clarice. I think it would be quite something to know you in private life. Quid pro quo, Doctor. So tell me about Miss West Virginia. Was she a large girl? Yes. Big through the hips, Romy? They all were. What else? She had an object deliberately inserted into her throat. Now, that hasn't been made public yet. We don't know what it means. Was it a butterfly? Yes. A moth. Just like the one we found in Benjamin Raspail's head an hour ago. Why does he place them there, Doctor? The significance of the moth is change. Caterpillar into chrysalis or pupa, and from thence into beauty. Our belly wants to change too. There's just, like I said, there's that mutual kind of respect for each other. He even compliments her. Thank you. You know? That's why he won the Oscar for it. Yeah. Because every second... He acts with the blinking of his eyes. Mm -hmm. While you're only hearing it, I'm watching it. And it's just Oh, I'm seeing it too. He is just that slow blink, like... Savoring it. He's savoring it. And then you definitely get that savoring on the final scene when she shares the story about the lambs. Yeah. Just real quick to to backtrack. My my favorite thing about that, that switcheroo scene is that you get the payoff <clears throat> they've been setting up the they've been setting up the whole movie that Clarice is not quite a woman not yet a child or not not quite a child not yet a woman right. kind of thing not not a fully she's realized she's somewhere in between she is yeah. not a full she's not an agent yet Well, she's still so. she's still somewhere between student and an yeah. adult i guess uh-huh and you finally get that all right sister hell or high water it's it's you it's you and billy now it's you, time you, to figure it out shit or get off the pot you decided time. to knock on this door you decided to <laughs> ring this doorbell well, no, she was trying to go to Chicago, and Crawford said, no, she go was, ahead. No, knock, no, 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 no. Go ahead and knock on the doors there in Belvedere, Ohio. Yeah. Which, doesn't that look like the place where dreams go to fucking die? Yeah. Doesn't it? <laughs> Ugh. I've been to that part of Ohio. Not necessarily Belvedere, but like Appalachia, Ohio. Some it of is, those coal mining it is towns a, are... Some of them? Yeah, there's not a lot of casinos in, in many of them. They are a uh, barren <laughs> and desolate sad. area. It is sad. Um, but it's that point that you realize, like, all right, fucking Starling's got to finish this finish this game on her own <coughs> something and, else and, and, was, and she does did you, were you aware that there was an alternate ending of this film no now granted i don't think it was actually filmed i think it was written and demi was not completely sold on it it says i don't believe it was filmed it showed basically it basically showed doc, dr hannibal lecter on the phone with clarice and after he hangs up Dr. Frederick Chilton was shown tied up in a chair. And Dr. Hannibal Lecter, holding a knife, would tell him, Shall we begin? Before the camera fades to black. And Demi deemed this ending to be too, quote, unquote, 
icky. <laughs> and had it changed to the now iconic ending where Hannibal Lecter follows Chilton through the village. And I'll be honest with you, that's a much better ending. The other one's a little more, it's just too on the nose for Hopkins' performance. Correct. And so Lecter. I'm glad that they went in a different direction, but that apparently was what the original ending had been written. <clears throat> I don't have a Dr. Lecter. It's hard to do a favorite scene. Like I said, I, I like the old switcheroo, but oh, I like this. If you didn't kill him, then who did, sir? Who can say? Best thing for him, really. His therapy was going nowhere. His dress, uh, makeup. Raspa was a transvestite. In life? Oh, no. Garden variety manic depressive. Tedious. Very tedious. <laughs> just his, his, the way he's able to just throw off a quip, a joke oh, about. Yeah. Oh, that, dis, that, that dis, uh, <laughs> decapitated head you found in my garage? Yeah. Tedious, was, manic depressive. It was going nowhere. <laughs> This, I love that. Okay. What is the body count? On with the body count! Uh, let me guess. Body count total movie, body well, count Lecter, body count Bill. It just gives me a total of what we see. I'm going to assume it's not counting what was already found with... 20. Eight. Hmm. Okay. However, only two deaths occur on screen. The rest are off screen. Two deaths on screen are Buffalo Bill. And is it... I would imagine it's got to be... Well, not Sergeant Pembry's the other guy. Yeah, because... The security well, I mean, guard. he killed both of them, obviously. Yeah, but Jim but... Pembry doesn't die on screen. Talk no. to him. He's pampered, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Take his hand, son. Listen to him. Says what he says. What, what do I say? It's Jim it's Pembry. Now talk to him, damn it. <laughs> we used to fucking throw that one out all the time. Is Pember going near it? Hi, Pember. Yeah, it's going. It's going great. You're looking real good, and he's blowing looking real good, and you're like blowing uh, blood bubbles out of his fucking face, <laughs> which always makes me think of Cable Guy. Yeah, silent. Oh my What are some of the obvious like lines that you would still use in today's just everyday life? I have one. Like things that I say, like just like you would bring it up in conversation, not purposefully, like just off the cuff. Hmm. Ours usually is what's the lotion on the skin? Oh, gets <laughs> gets the hose again. Um, I'm or trying to think. put the lotion in the basket. Put the fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> that one will come out every now and again. I don't terribly quote this movie. If I do, it's uh, oh, you know what? One I do say is the first. One of the first things Buffalo Bill says is when he's trying to Bundy that uh, love seat up into his van. But that's how Bundy got victims. Bundy would put a cast on. It was a a plea. It was a play on. Try to help someone. A, helpful. Some, yeah. Needs help. Helpless. Helpless. Excuse um, me. Yeah. And Little. she goes, need a hand with that? And he goes, would you? I'll do the, would, would you? Like Jamie will go, hey, do you want me to get you another beer? Would you? <laughs> I'll bust that one out, but I don't... This scared this, the living shit out of my wife at this time in her life because in 91 and th it's like all of the makes, the, uh, what are you, about side 14? <laughs> she's like, <laughs> oh. She's a big rat fat person. We used to say that one all the time back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Lippman had a son. I got the card inside. She's a big rat fat person. Oh, wait. She's a great big fat person. <laughs> She was a large girl, sir, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so some trivia. 
You're not going to do magic wand first? Uh, I guess let's do trigger. I gave you my magic wand. Oh. My magic wand was just to remove her accent or make it better. Okay, well, I have two. Okay, yeah. Go um, ahead. A version of the movie from Lecter's perspective. So a lot of time looking at the at wall. The wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, you pick it up. You pick it up from the Hello, first. Bonnie. You, <laughs> Salisbury steak for dinner again, and tater tots. Uh, but pick it up from Lecter's perspective from the first time Clarice comes in. He immediately starts to hatch his escape plan, or maybe he's been hatching that plan for a while. It's just the the eyes cutting to the pen. On his bed, so fucking cool. Yeah, that's what I think. That's where I started with that. Like, You're like that would be oh. that would be kind of cool. And that you see be. nothing else, but you know what's going on sure. in his head. Sure. Um, the other would be as as good as Jonathan Demi did this. Let David Fincher have a crack at it. It'd be interesting. I would I would not say no to one night only. Watch David Fincher's version of <laughs> Silence. So of that's Lives. what yeah. I would say. Okay. Um, can I bring my camcorder? I need to record I think this. I think he might he might would focus on Buffalo Bill a little bit more. Uh-huh. Which again, not to be the I read the book guy, but the book goes into a little bit more of Buffalo Bill, just a little bit more of his just his inner workings. Which and they did they did the right thing with this and 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 Manhunter that it's scarier not knowing, knowing. and right. just seeing like I mean, well, <clears throat> arguably they did give you a little bit more with Buffalo Bill in the fucking um Fucking goodbye horses scene. A little bit more, a little bit less, however you want to look at it. But <laughs> that I love the look on his face when he he's right up in the the video camera and you almost hear his balls tuck underneath. <laughs> but he gives that little I can't help but just hear I'd fuck me. Would you I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me so hard. <laughs> and he's pulling on his nipple ring. You're like, oh, that gets All me. Right, uh, yeah, every time. Every time. It tingles in my, in my sack whenever he pulls on his nipple ring. <laughs> 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 fucking Demi loves that close-up shot, doesn't he? Uh-huh. That fucking tight. Uh, and there's just that three seconds of readjustment. Well, you know That's what, what I'm doing. saying. He's got that. You know what he's doing? Yeah, you know what he's yeah. doing. You're like, uh, uh, I know what he's doing. Fuck right now. me, I love this movie. Roll it again. How uncomfortable was Ted Levine in that? Reset. Very. Is that like a backside? I don't know about you, but you can't see his penis or his nuts. I'm aware. <laughs> I've seen the movie a time. It or two. seems like it might hurt just a little. <laughs> You've never How done uncomfortable. it. Uncomfortable. You've never done it. You don't do it like on a monthly basis. I do it all the time. It's funny. No, <laughs> you don't do it. No, I like I respect my nuts enough not to do it. <laughs> yeah, but I respect my wife enough to try to get a laugh out of her to do the Buffalo Bill once a month. I'm glad. I always I mean, no, yeah. Was I have Dane, a little peek into Travis's life. What was it? Dane Cook said he's like, now I'm like you. <laughs> it's funny. I think Is it's it? funny. I think it's funny. <laughs> Who would you recast? <laughs> Oh, okay. If there we, is not a there is not a sounder or a, a commercial uh, long enough to segue between what we were just talking about. So, if you had to recast lead, uh, I'm going first this time. All right, perfect. <clears throat> that sucks, Doctor Hannibal Lecter. Oh, you went right with your final. I did. Okay, Doug Bradley, Pinhead, 1987. Doug Bradley. Okay, Buffalo Bill. He just had about as much screen time too, right? He did. Yeah. <laughs> I also was watching Hellraiser 2 when I was kind of thinking about this, but uh, 
Actually, I had just watched Hellraiser 2 and then was anyway. Uh Buffalo Bill, Willem Dafoe. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Like Platoon era Willem Dafoe. Oh. Um Crawford? Mm. Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. Totally I could easily see that. And Starling, 1979 Sigourney Weaver. I like your casting. Thanks. I like mine too, but it's different. What's yours? Mine could all kind of hit in the same time period except one. The guy that I chose to recast as Jack Crawford, which was a bit of a cheat once we get into trivia. Okay. All right. For uh, Dr. Hannibal Lecter, I chose Jared Harris, son of Richard Harris. Anybody who has watched Mad Men... He's the guy in Mad Men, He's the guy in Mad Men. He also plays Moriarty in the second Robert Downey Jr. uh, film version of Sherlock Holmes, I think, Game of Shadows. I think he could hit that those same kind of elements. Um, for Clarice, I chose Amy Adams. Okay. For James Gum, every time I say it, I want to say James, even though it's James. What was the rumor you, in the book? Is you know, it, his, his, there was a, oh, a, type, a typo, a typo on his, on his birth certificate. It's supposed to be James Gum. Correct. Okay. <laughs> I chose um, mid two thousands before dead. Uh, Heath Ledger. Oh fuck! <laughs> he would have been a great Buffalo Bill. Um, and then for Jack Crawford, I chose late eighties era Gene Hackman. Oh, good. You could even go like Unforgiven. Yeah, era. even early nineties. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, That's good. You want me to slide right into uh, trivia to know why? Sure. Yeah. Gene Hackman bought the rights to this film. He bought the book the book rights to make this into a film. He was possibly going to play Jack Crawford and was even contemplating the idea of him playing Hannibal Lecter. Hmm. Yeah. And then at one point he realized towards the end of the 80s that it was just a little too violent and let go of the project and moved on. So he sold it. I don't know if he sold it or just gave it or or whatever. But did he yeah. make some bank on this? I have no. There wasn't any information in that. I hope he respect. did. Yeah, I hope he did. So either way, but he, that was his initial plan, and then he just he got a little too sensitive over on screen violence huh. and and violence in film in general, and moved away from that. And so I don't know if he regrets now not doing it. But he got he that sweet the rights. He got that sweet run as the Home Depot voiceover guy. So <laughs> shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah, now it's Josh Lucas. <laughs> George Lucas's kid. Sure. <laughs> My dad made Star Wars. All right, so let's go into a little bit of of trivia here. Silence of the Lambs was an uncommon winner during the Academy Awards for several reasons. Uh, the first is is that major. Uh, Hollywood studio films, the Academy, or should I say that Hollywood studios feel that the Academy members tend to have short memories with movies that are released early in the year. The February dumping ground kind of. Correct. Most films that studios want for possible consideration to be in contention for a best Oscar winner or a nominee or whatever is fall and winter before the end of the year. Um, it's highly unusual for a film that was released in February to receive seven nominations, especially Best Picture and all of the major categories. 
<clears throat> it was originally slated for a fall 1990 release, but Orion pushed it back to February of 91 for a little Kevin Costner film called Dances with Wolves. Hmm. Which Orion also won a fuckload. Won Best Picture as well, which is a little weird. I didn't realize that that's why it got pushed back to the next year. Uh, it also became the third and so far the last film to win the top five Oscar categories of Best Picture, Director, Actor, Actress, and either Original or Adapted Screenplay. Okay, I thought it was Supporting Actor. Do Scott you Glenn. know what the other two films were? You've <sighs> probably seen at least one of the two. Godfather? Wrong. No. I don't know. Uh, the one previous was in 1975. It was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm -hmm. And before that, it was about 50 years previous with It Happened One Night. With, it was Frank Capra movie with um, Clark Gable. I don't think I would have gotten close to either of those ever. As of 2020, only six quote-unquote horror films have been nominated for Best Picture. Do you know, can you name at least a couple of the other ones? When you that, say quote-unquote horror. A couple I would easily put in one of the genres to be horror. A couple, I go, mm, maybe. Bram Stoker's Dracula. No. Wrong. You've seen, you love one of them. It involves a shark. Jaws 2. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so Jaws. Jaws won all of its Oscars except Best Picture. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, the Exorcist. 1973. Uh, okay. So Jaws, 75. And then 91. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. They win Best Picture. The other ones that are considered horror films, I would put two of the three if you're going to go there. I think one of them is a stretch. The Sixth Sense is horror-ish, but it's more ghost and thriller than horror. But if you're going to play that card, okay, I get it. Sure. Also, Get Out in 2017. Also, horrific, but different type of horror film. I mean, horror Horror is a wide chasm. It is a wide chasm. The only other one that was hard for me to initially grasp as a horror film was Darren Aronofsky's film Black Swan with I've never seen uh, that. Natalie Portman. It's more psychological horror than legit what is like what is what is legit? Yeah, horror, what is though? legit horror exactly? <laughs> Saying that and you asking me that, going, you know what? You make a valid point. <laughs> but those are the only other ones that were nominated for Best Picture that did not win. So Anthony Hopkins said he saw Lecter uh, as similar to HAL Nine Thousand in two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, huh. a highly complex, highly intelligent, highly logical killing machine who seems to know everything going on around him. He described his voice for Dr. Hannibal Lecter as a combination of Truman Capote nice. and Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> and you can hear both of them. Yeah. Um, the slurp that Lecter does at the end of the line. What's the line? A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his litter with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. That was improvised I by knew Hopkins. That. Also, they just... And Demi came back to him after that and was like, you're a sick fuck. <laughs> Did he really? By doing that, yeah. <laughs> uh, that line is... Um, it's a different from the book, right? Like, yeah, he a, just said, I ate his liver with some something and a nice Chianti. Chianti. Or some fava, think, some fava beans and a nice something, but... I don't think the, it was Chianti. The I implication was, of that is he was off his meds. 
because there's something in fava beans and Chianti or whatever he says that, that would would counteract the medication that you would be taking, like uh, antipsychotic medication, which Lecter would have been on possibly. So it would have said he went off. It's basically saying he went off his meds, lost his shit, and killed his census taker, and then fucking ate him. I read it online. It That's came, cool. It, it came up three That's or four years ago. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. Okay, how long is Anthony Hopkins actually on screen? Eighteen minutes. It varies depending on the internet page you look at, but it's somewhere between sixteen and eighteen minutes is usually the the closest comparison. Some say up to twenty three. I'm like, there's no way he was on screen for twenty three minutes. You should just clock it. Yeah. I, I don't know I if didn't a director's care cut. enough to sit there and. I don't know yeah. of a director's cut of this. Neither do I. That's fine by me. I think it's what what yeah, yeah. what you get is perfect. Uh, when characters are talking to Starling, they often talk directly to the camera. When she is talking to them, she is always looking slightly off camera, and that was Jonathan Demme's explanation as to why the audience would identify with her. That was his choice. It's fucking brilliant. It's. I never caught it the first time. I didn't catch it really till last time I watched this. There's just this uncomfortableness, and you realize that Hannibal is looking directly at you. Yeah. Because you're looking directly at the screen. Yeah. And so you're basically Clarice. Yeah. And that's the. And then when you're when it's super unsettling when Clarice is talking, you're just over the shoulder of the subject that she's talking to. Correct. Also, there's some angles too where he's all. Whenever he's in the same room with Clarice, he's always so much more above her, frame wise. Oh, and it's a power position. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the protection received full cooperation from the FBI, as they saw it as a potential recruiting tool to hire more female agents. Uh, did you see the ending? <laughs> They did that. I, I, this is uh, the Navy with the Top Gun. Uh, the FBI <laughs> did that with Manhunter too. They gave them unprecedented access to their okay. laboratory, so Michael Mann could have a realistic. This is what we do. This is yeah. some real shit. We're not going to tell you what this is or what it's doing, but yeah, that's that's kind of cool. The first moth cocoon found in one of the victims' throats was made from a co- combination of Tootsie Rolls and gummy bears, so it would be edible if they ended up swallowing it on accident. Yummy. <laughs> yummy bears, <laughs> yummy moths. Uh, Uncle the, Uncle Hannibal's yummy moths. <laughs> I've waited, Clarice. How long can you and Del Jackie it? Boy wait for another bag of Uncle Hannibal's yummy moths? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what else did I have here? Is this is also a Mandela effect? We discussed this mm. kind of. Before I knew this. The movie contains a famous misquoted line. Most people quote Dr. Hannibal Lecter's famous good evening, Clarice, as... Hello, Clarice. Hello, Clarice. What he actually says is... is well, one time he says, good evening, Clarice. And the other time he says, well, Clarice. Yeah. And people have taken it. And kind of meshed it together. Sure. Yeah. As you do Mandela effect style. All right. Casting. Casting. Your favorite Beauty. casting. Beauty. I really only have one name for Clarice that was a possibility before they chose to go with Jodie Foster. 1989, 1990. I like this actress. I really like this actress. I don't... She might have worked. Orion didn't want to pay her $2 million salary. Two million, I don't... Let me guess. 89, 90. Meryl Streep? Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, no, nah, she wouldn't have been good. Pfeiffer had experience working with Demi with Married to the Mob. That was, I believe, his previous film. 
And that's the reason why he initially he wanted to go with her. But Orion was like, <clears throat> we don't want to pay $2 million for her. So, and yeah, I'm glad they went with who they went with. Four, Jack Crawford. Ed Harris turned down the role. Could have been okay. Yeah, that might have been all right. He didn't find the role that interesting. And I get it, especially compared to Hannibal in that script. Um, Did he also not read for Hannibal? Uh, no, it just says Jack Crawford. Okay. Um, the other actors that were all considered were Michael Keaton. For Crawford. For Crawford. Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. For Crawford. And, <laughs> and Kenneth Branagh. Ugh. None I could see maybe Michael Keaton, maybe, but even in 89, that's, or 90, that's like Batman era. Uh, he needs to be a little bit older. Yeah. So for Hannibal Lecter... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have eight. Is Brian Cox one Europe? of them? Because he no. was originally given the script. There was the possibility, but he's not actually listed on here okay. as considered. Okay, so anyway. So, John Hurt. Uh, maybe. <laughs> this one's weird. Christopher Lloyd. Great Scott! <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. You've got to remember these. I hate his, his underwear. <laughs> I get I get his liver. Ate his liver. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. Ate his liver with Dr. Pepper underwear. I this one could have worked. Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. You're no. fucking A right that could work. Yeah. Uh Lewis Gossett Jr. I could see that. Uh Robert Duvall. No. No. I could see it, but not That's weird. Like, on the stage play. One I can't see. One I can see why they would have considered. Jack Nicholson. <sighs> yeah. I can see why they considered. One, I don't really see it, but I know why they considered him as well. Robert De Niro. Yeah. No. The only other one I have here was showed that turned down the role was Jeremy Irons. Again. Jeremy Irons now, not Jeremy Irons 1990. Right. He would have been too young. The last bit here is that the FBI was very impressed by the movie's accuracy in depicting criminal investigations, serial killers, and their victims. They especially praised the scene where Catherine Martin is begging to see her mom for its realism, as psychological stress will often cause victims to revert to their childhood, because she will ask for her mommy. Yeah. However... They disagreed with Clarice discovering Buffalo Bill on her own because inexperienced agents would never be sent out alone on dangerous assignments. When Jonathan Demme explained to them that he couldn't change it because it was the movie's psychological climax, they relented, saying that it would be the most improbable and rare course of action of all time, never to be repeated again. Sure, but she wasn't on a dangerous side. She wasn't. She was she following was up on there, some leads. But she was with no one. She was by herself. But that's the crux of the movie. Clarice, Clarice has no one. No one. I mean, she's got Ardelia and Crawford and Lecter. That's it. Man, they got that cage in uh, Memphis welded together for him pretty fucking quick, didn't they? D- yeah. In that, it was like a courthouse in an or old something, courthouse. Right? Yeah. What the fuck? What is... Your uh, similar or equal represent, uh, recommendation. I have two. Um, I initially had two. Now I have one. I believe they're both uh, David Fincher. Uh, okay. So seven. And Zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> I had seven. I'm like, my. Did you spell it S E seven E N? I did. Me too. I said, this is considerably grittier and darker, but overall highlights the same tones, 
surrounds the viewer with a palpable atmosphere. That How about I got palpable? Yeah, that you can't escape. And when you finally do, you get uh, I to think find out I what's in the box. I think it's equally. <laughs> I think it's equally yeah. gritty and dark. It's just in a different way. It's Seven different. is a little more washed of color, but not much. Right. Yeah. Same. Same thing. Uh, and the same reason I chose Zodiac, just because. Yeah. Cause Zodiac. Cause Zodiac. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Does it see. still hold up? So, hang on. No? Um, okay. In the um, that scene that you talked about earlier in the uh, in the courthouse, uh, where she reveals that the lambs were screaming and all that. Are yeah. you yawning or are you doing that guy all splayed up on the thing with the art? With his open his, chest. His chest. And, and he's been bows in or bows out. <laughs> that was from Hannibal, wasn't that it? That was from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um. George Romero is, as they're dragging Starling away, Agent Starling! You know, drawings. That agent, that tall male FBI agent that turns around and looks is George Romero. Oh! Sans mustache. I thought maybe it was his finger that touched her finger. No. No. <laughs> when they that passed was, the draw. Probably that was Anthony Hopkins' finger. If I was to guess. It was his stunt finger. <laughs> why do we... Why, after all that we know, do we root for Lecter to get away? Because Chilton is worse? No, probably not. But you in a way, Chilton is Chilton worse. Chilton is but why, dirtier. But he's he's he is he's dirtier. But he's not worse. He's no, never, he's not worse. It's why just, do we root for Lecter? Like, why are we like why are, why? I don't know. What is it? Why are humans fucked? This Something way? I read when Hopkins was given the opportunity to play Lecter two more times. He played in Hannibal, uh-huh. which he kind of escaped well kind of he escaped in the film version and escapes in the real version or goes off he's seen as the protagonist in Hannibal uh yeah when Hopkins chose to do the role once more in Red Dragon he really tried to lay on the anger he's evil yeah and so it's a different performance while the same it's still different it's also weird to seeing him with that little ponytail. Oh god, it's so terrible. But it's it's 1980. Why, why do we? Why he's do almost we... playing kind of yuppie, preppy. Sure, but why do we root for him? Why do I we? Don't... Why do we want the bad guy to win? Is it because he's... why is there this huge fascination with him specifically? Because he's so charismatic, man. I mean, fuck. Think about that. Wouldn't Ian McDermott have been a good Emperor Palpatine? He could have been good. Or Hopkins, good as the Emperor. Now that we're switching that around. <laughs> um did he know during the during the escape scene did he know did he time it out that whatever wound he inflicted on sergeant pembry's face it's got to be enough to let that blood like coagulate not coagulate but collect in that corner of the roof of the elevator to drip would, down at, at that particular time do you think he knew or do you think he just said ah this is my plan and here we go oh no he probably knew okay why is he such a villain that you kind of that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, yeah, why? Just because he's he's not just he doesn't just jump there's out. There's many him. layers. That's the reason yeah. why the really good villains are the ones that are three dimensional. He doesn't just he doesn't just jump out and go fuck boo, or he doesn't just jump stab out. stab yeah. <laughs> he jumps out, says boo, ties you to a chair, and then talks for thirty minutes. And he says like, and while he's talking to you, interesting he's currently shit. cutting out your liver or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're not. You shouldn't. For all intents and purposes, you should be upset that he gets away at the end. But you're like, he's going to kill Chilton. He's going to kill Chilton. Chilton is a little rapey. 
He is. Oh, he really wanted Whereas to. Whereas Lecter is, res- other than the, I myself cannot. <laughs> Even then, he's respectful. Respectfully murdery? Yeah. He's a really good villain. That's the reason why he's seen as... I mean, the fact that he, he's only been in the lexicon for... In 40 the f- years. 40 years, give or take. I mean, what, Red Dragon came out in, what, 81, the book? So, I mean, yeah. the the creation of that character is, yeah, only been in existence for about 40 years. But everybody loves him. Does it still hold up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> still where, to where, this day. Where do you start? <laughs> still to this day. I put down here, I'm like, this film is on the cusp of being 30 years old, yet it resonates just as much as it did 30 years ago. Um, it's perfectly cast where Anthony Hopkins commands the screen as Lecter with just a look, a blink, or a minute gesture. And Jodie Foster conveys Clarice Starling with powerful strength buried underneath a vulnerable innocence and hidden trauma. Um, it has raz- It's a razor-sharp script um, with impeccable direction by Jonathan Demme. It has a haunting score by Howard Shore. Um, and portrays brilliant editing that places me on the edge of my seat with like palpable suspense. It's the second time I'm using that word. How about I got palpable? Yeah. Every time I watch it. Outside of a few pieces of outdated technology, the film feels timeless. Um, All great films have a few things in common, and Silence of the Lambs is no exception. I make every viewing reveals something just like something you hadn't noticed before, like as dumb as it is for me to realize that the first time I like this last time I watched it. Oh, huh, he ordered lamb chops. I mean, that's how <laughs> that's how obtuse I was earlier in previous viewings. And the first time I realized it is, you know, a week ago. That's what comes with great films is you notice something new when you watch it again. Every time. Yeah. Every time. The. um the whole is always greater than the sum of its parts. But but even when you look at it like that, that whole escape scene with Lecter escaping, it's like a movie within a movie. Could it be by itself. Yeah. 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 It's just so perfect. I mean, the last time we watched it, it was on a Sunday night. Um, end of our weekend. We're just like, I got to watch this before. You know, I got to get my notes down and, oh, and, yeah. and be prepared. And I don't care about watching this on a Sunday night. You know, it's I've seen it many a time. What was so funny this last time, we have a an automatic timer for our living room light. And that <laughs> light shut off at the exact moment when the lights go off in the final act, <laughs> when Clarice is down in the basement and James Gum puts on his night vision goggles. And Lisa goes, holy fuck. <laughs> and I start laughing because it's just so perfect. Like, <laughs> that was creepy, right? Uh. That'd be so cool. It was also worse because Ivy, our, our new dog, was freaking out because every time that uh, Precious was whimpering and whining and barking, that she was in the corner where the TV was in, the, at the, in our living room like... Where's this dog? Where's this dog that is in trouble? Where is this dog that is in trouble? Where is this dog that... You know that's I mean, Queenie from Burbs, right? No, I didn't know yeah, that. Precious is Queenie from the Burbs. That's where I, she, lo- I thought she that's was where she, That's where she went to stay while Walter was in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, It's a stone-cold pillar of 
late modern cinema. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes several things from the prior hundred or so, whatever years of cinema. It's a little bit of gothic horror. It's a little bit of monster man horror. It's a little bit of slasher horror. It's psychological. It's fucking empowered women. Yeah. And the, the, the you said razor sharp. I said tightly woven story. Yeah. There's three tight stories in here that come together and they make one. Did you notice the little fucking swastika on his quilt, by the way? Yes. What the we fuck? noticed that the last time, too. You're I've like, always oh. noticed that. But every time I see it, it's like, why is that there? <laughs> Who took the time to <laughs> put a swastika on his quilt? There's Sorry. no way he bought that on eBay. He had someone make it. Not now. Um, the the three stories are there's no bullshit between any of them and they all come together the three little three little tributaries come together and make one mighty fucking river of a story it's a little bit of Clarice story it's a little bit of Buffalo Bill and it's the Hannibal Lecter story and they come together into this beautiful fucking torrent of cold again it's like it's like Manhunter it's shot and it looks so cold yeah. But in a different way. This looks like wet and cold. Well, like, Lisa was mentioning last time we watched it, she's like, you don't really pay attention unless you're really focused in on it. How far down she goes the first time, like how far down she's being taken into the bowels of that institution to get to Lecter. Sure. It's just yeah. like, I keep it's so here. claustrophobic. Yeah. The sound design in that movie is just, ugh. It's so haunting. It just—it's the same old story. If you've got good material, you can't miss. Uh-uh. And they changed a little bit from the book, from the original, the original thought. But I, I feel like Thomas Harris was heavily involved in the. He wasn't. Was not at all. No, sold it, huh? He just sold it. And they said, well, have they, at it, and then they he bought t- everyone they, a case of wine that won an Oscar. I think they too. fucking they took care to take care of the source material. He's and very. I love that. He's it's very. So, um, what information that I had down here Hands initially? Off, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, he doesn't. Laissez faire. He no. He he's media shy. He doesn't like ah. being in the limelight. It very much 100 percent holds up. Still, I almost feel that they added. I don't think it was in the book, but I think they added that old friend for dinner. Well, you said they they did it to shoot in the Bahamas, so it may have been. It may have been Ted Talley's who adapted the novel he it just may have been something that he chose to i feel like they did it as this one more little like you ever like have a piece of pie like you ever get like when you go to like a a cookout or something you get all your food even your dessert all at once and you save that last little slice of pie for when you're done for everything and you eat that last little slice of pie when you're done yeah i think that's what the old friend for dinner scene was (laughs) was that was let's give him let's give him 30 more seconds selector this, yeah. Just a little bit just more. Just a little bit more. This, just to leave him wanting more. And it fucking did it perfectly because then it just visually it fades out into that, like you said, walking down the street scene. I, I said it's a pillar of the last, well, the the the, the postmodern era of filmmaking. But it, yeah. it's, in some ways it's the bedrock of it because if you look at so many movies that came from, came since then, they try to cop that, that relationship or that creepy killer. And they never, even when they try to imitate even when this franchise tries to do it again, they're trying to cop this movie. Yeah. And they never, you're never going to get. It just seems like a facsimile. You're chasing the red dragon, man. Real, yeah. Chasing the red dragon. <laughs> uh, in every way possible, this is a real Travis movie. Uh, it just happens to be an above the water Travis well, movie. Well, something else that I read is like if you read the like initial like synopsis of the film, Sounds so it trashy. reads like a just a B late night, yeah. Saturday night. That's like what I double have here. It's a real Saturday night movie for yeah. me. Yeah, I love this movie. Fucking love this movie. 
Let's do a chaser. <laughs> so the second half of season four, we have intro music for chasers. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's whimsy. It's whatever. It's so whimsical. I was going to do a Narragansett commercial, but I thought I'd be pushing our luck. <laughs> the Narragansett Lager Beer official, unofficial, six-pack double feature chaser question of the week is, but I don't want to get a cease and desist. Why? We're just advertising for their beer for free. I, I don't. Uh, I exactly. wouldn't. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> oh, that's a good one. Okay. Okay. So, Freddie in Indiana wants to know. Fuck. He wants to know fuck all right. He does. Uh, or she does. It's uh, F-R-E-D-D-I-E. It's not Freddie Lounge. Ruin a movie with four... Ruin a movie title, rather, with four words. Ruin a movie? I've got it. I just had it. Ruin a movie or ruin a movie title? Ruin a movie title. That's how I'm taking it. It says ruin a movie with four words, but I mean... I'm pregnant. It's yours, I guess. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got one. I just off the top of my head. I'll go if you're ready. If you don't, if you okay. Want. So, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. My pants are spam. <laughs> my pants are spam. <laughs> I have no idea, man. I do better time to change that oil, Pop. <laughs> I was trying to think of four words that ruins the movie. Kind of like what you had posted a while back. Once people are hearing this, it'll be several months. The uh, Describe your movie in the most boring way. Your <laughs> yes. favorite movie in the most boring way. I was just thinking of it kind of in the same relation. That may be where this question came from. I don't um, know. <sighs> you have to count. It's got to be five. I, I had to. You can do, okay, no. fuck it. Do five. It's our show. Ruin the, ruin Nazis the... get their faces melted. <laughs> <laughs> so you're describing the movie. <laughs> I don't know. That's um... when I say ruin it, I mean like make the movie not as good. Oh. That's how I read oh. it. Oh, my pants are spam. My pants are spam. <laughs> He's making himself a woman suit, Mr. Crawford, out of spam. <laughs> spam titties. Billy makes spam titties. That's that's how I would do what you said. You bought a size fourteen. <laughs> What are you about a fourteen ounce can? <laughs> so good, so good. Mm. She be that that fat person, fat fat person. Yeah, she like she like to wine pizza. Fat, 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 fat. <laughs> Fuck me. All right, that's it. <laughs> We're leaving. Um. Hey, by the way, that's the it. That's that's the it of our. <laughs> that's all. We Ends the it. I'll 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 handle this, buddy. You just rest. <laughs> we will be back next week, gang, with RoboCop and Terminator. Is that right? Nope. It sure oh, isn't. Fuck. That's a little bit later down. We wanted to go back up, so this was kind of a down, not downer movie, but oh, it's yeah. darker, and we wanted to go back up. It's much downer, darker. So we're doing two baseball movies. Oh, that's right. Bull Durham. Yeah. Bull Durham. What do you think we're pairing with Bull, Bull Durham, people? Take a guess. I know. We're going to leave it as a mystery? Or... The, oh, tell them it's the Bad News Bears. Oh, Bull Durham good. and the Bad News Bears. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, why don't you go ahead and buy a sticker, buy a t-shirt. I don't think we're going to do a live show anymore, but I think we should do a live stream. <laughs> Coronavirus and all. 
Mostly. Mostly. Also, I don't know. Also, COVID-19. I think it's the same thing, buddy. <laughs> it's one half dozen of the other. Oh. Um, what else? Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Ignore us on Twitter. Yeah, I don't get on Twitter anymore. I embarrass like, myself on Twitter, and I deleted my Twitter. Uh, it's a weird world out there, and it's cold and dark most of the time, so be good to each other. And most importantly, I'm the Mars. Stay off the Mars. Six Pack Double Feature is a Clopec Media production. You can like and follow them on Facebook at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast and on Instagram at Six Pack Double Feature. They aren't on Twitter because Twitter is dumb. Oh, and Senator, just one more thing. Love your suit.